Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Every Saturday, I publish a podcast episode that provides a guided wellness practice. I feature a variety of modalities, including meditation, stoic contemplation, and breath work. Now, sometimes I will be your guide, and other times I will pepper in master teachers from the Commune Library, including Jack Cornfield, Sharon Salzberg, David G., and Michael Beckwith, among others. Now, these weekly short guided praxis will hopefully provide you with a foundation to develop a regular practice. Now, today's exercise is a stoic practice focused on identifying and changing what you can control. Now, if your interest in stoicism is peaked, well, you're in great luck. I released an entire course of stoic meditations earlier this year, and you can access it and over a hundred other courses on meditation, yoga, integrative medicine, personal development, and more by signing up for a free 14-day trial of commune membership at onecommune.com slash trial. Okay, so this meditation doesn't need to take place in lotus pose, Padmasana in Sanskrit, or in my house, better known as crisscross applesauce. And it does not require Palo Santo wafting about the room, though I do love that aroma. It's really more of a contemplation. And personally, I love hiking and working through this practice. Now, it does, however, necessitate quiet time and focused attention to have good results. So only embark on it if you can fulfill these two requirements. Stoicism has influenced many religious and philosophical traditions, including modern Christian thought. The Serenity Prayer, written by the American theologian Reinhold Niebuhr, encapsulates many core tenets of Stoic philosophy in a few simple, eloquent phrases. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Now, according to Stoicism, we don't control the world around us, only how we respond. Now, you may be familiar with this wonderful Viktor Frankl quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Frankl was a Stoic. Of course, we all want to make the world a better place. The best way to do this, the Stoics would argue, would be by living a life of virtue. In other words, to concentrate on your own actions. The great Stoic Marcus Aurelius wrote, you take things you don't control and then define them as good or bad. And so, of course, when the bad things happen, or the good ones don't, you blame the gods and feel hatred for the people responsible or those you decide to make responsible. Much of our bad behavior stems from trying to apply those criteria. If we limited good and bad to our own actions, we'd have no call to challenge God or to treat other people 
as enemies. Until utopia miraculously appears here on earth, there will always be unfairness and cruelty, and witnessing mean-spirited, unscrupulous behavior can trigger emotions like anger and indignation. And while resentment can be motivating at times, chronic rage will degrade your health and your capacity for good discernment. Now, when you are angry, your amygdala, a small almond-shaped cluster of neurons in the medial temporal lobe of your brain, becomes activated. The amygdala is famously associated with fight or flight, your body's involuntary response to external threat. Amygdala activation triggers the release of cortisol, a neurotransmitter that heightens alertness. Now, this had tremendous utility on the Serengeti. However, protracted anger, or what I sometimes call amygdala hijack, can lead to a chronic release of cortisol, which can heighten blood glucose levels and cause dysbiosis in the gut. Amygdala hijack also mortgages one's ability to leverage the prefrontal cortex, the brain's locus of reason. And remember, when you feel angry, you are the one experiencing the discomfort. The instigator of your anger is off gorging on an all-you-can-eat buffet somewhere. So instead of focusing on the purveyor of injustice, concentrate on your own actions such that they are wise, just, courageous, and moderate. These are the four primary virtues of Stoicism. Okay, so let's get into the actual practice. Think about going outside in the freezing cold. It's 20 degrees out and you're shivering and you're miserable. Now, while this bitter temperature elicits discomfort, you are keenly aware that you do not control nature's thermostat. So what do you do? Well, you might put on a sweater, a scarf, some gloves, and a hat, and this will make you feel more at ease. You've exercised a simple form of perception, action, and will. Now, take a moment and meditate on a circumstance in your life that provokes a negative emotion or a negative judgment. Now, we've all had them. So take a moment here to identify one. Now, perhaps you've been betrayed by someone for whom you cared, or you're enraged by an unseemly behavior of a public figure. Now, perhaps you've suffered from a traumatic event in your childhood. And maybe you've spent nights tossing and turning, furtively plotting revenge. Perhaps you've clutched an ember of vengeance, waiting for just the right moment to throw it. But now realize that all that time, it was you 
that was getting burned. Does this sound familiar at all? I mean, if not, you're likely a Buddha. The unethical actions of others are often like the cold. You have no influence over them, but you can control your response. You can respond with a positive action. You can forgive or you can let go. You can focus your attention elsewhere. You can transmute someone else's selfishness into an act of generosity. And Marcus Aurelius said, waste no more time arguing what a good man should be. Be one. The lesson is this. We cannot change the past deeds of others, but we can influence the future by taking action within our own lives in the present moment. If putting pen to paper helps you, then draw a big circle that consists of all of life's vicissitudes, good and bad, pleasurable and hurtful. And within that space, there is a smaller circle labeled things I can control. Now focus your will on the actions that address the contents of that smaller circle. In his discourses, Epictetus wrote, the chief task in life is simply this, to identify and separate matters so that I can say clearly to myself which are externals not under my control and which have to do with the choices I actually control. Where then do I look for good and evil? Not to uncontrollable externals, but within myself to the choices that are my own. Okay, thank you for being here and for making this effort. Now, this may be the only brief span in your day where you contemplate these matters, where you live this self-examined life. But I guarantee that if you commit to this practice, whether it's contemplation or meditation, its benefits will spill over into your daily quotidian life and help make you happier and healthier. Okay, that's all from the commune for today. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you.